the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. 20 years of intelligent talk. With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. President Biden set to travel overseas in June for the first time since taking office. White House correspondent Greg Clugston. The president's first foreign trip will take him to Cornwall, England for the Group of Seven Summit, followed by a visit to Brussels, where he will hold meetings with European Union leadership and attend the Summit of NATO leaders. White House officials say the aim of the trip will be to demonstrate the administration's commitment to the transatlantic alliance and re-engagement with key allies. Mr. Biden has also proposed a summit with Russian President Vladimir Putin, but no date has been set. Greg Clugston, the White House. In Georgia, six people have been killed, several others hurt in a traffic accident on Interstate 85. Authorities say the crash left a passenger van engulfed in flames. Eighty-two people are dead, more than 100 injured in a fire in a Baghdad hospital. This is SRN News. Home of the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. This is AM 1280, The Patriot. It's Mitch Berg from the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Happy 20th anniversary, AM 1280, The Patriot. Brad Carlson here. I'm proud to be on air with the Northern Alliance Radio Network because we are the first all-grassroots political talk show in the Twin Cities. Catch the Northern Alliance Radio Network live every Saturday and Sunday from 1 to 3. Thanks for tuning in to AM 1280, The Patriot. Weather for today, we got a high of 47 and mostly cloudy with rain likely throughout the day. A low of 40 for tonight with showers overnight continuing into tomorrow with a high of 69 and a low of 51. Mother's Day is coming up fast, Sunday, May 9th. And wouldn't it be a treat if you won $1,000 for your mom? She could use it to bless a local charity or organization, treat herself to a spa day, or maybe put it towards her favorite craft or hobby. It only takes a minute to sign up and it's free at am1280thepatriot.com. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with hour number two of the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And if you'd like to follow us on Facebook, feel free to do so. Just go to Facebook.com. Do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Give us a follow and a like. And again, broadcasting live, our good friend Wild Wilson is a loyal listener, loyal viewer in this case. Uh, He finally tuned in near the end of last hour. He said he was on the phone uh, for a while, but now he's finally tuned in. I just told Wild, uh, don't let it happen again, okay? Come on, Wild. Got to up your standards. So, (laughs) I'm kidding, of course. Wild's one of our favorites because he's always there for us, and uh, we appreciate it. And appreciate all you that uh, listen, regardless of it's uh, by whether it's uh, live or if it's uh, via the podcast, uh, watching the video later, what have you. Uh, we'll definitely take our listeners and viewers in all forms and all venues. That is for certain. Uh, I kind of was going over what I was going to talk about on the on today's show, and obviously the first hour talking about the Chauvin trial and the verdict being handed down. That was a no-brainer. That's, if not nationwide news, worldwide news, uh, because the country was fixated on our town here regarding the trial. So, of course, I was going to take the first hour to talk about that, but 
Uh, I'm like, boy, there's a lot of depressing things happening in the news. Uh, Last Sunday, uh, nearby Highway 13 and 35W in Burnsville, there was a carjacker that was shot. Um, I I think it was maybe after the show. Not 100% sure. I heard about it later on. Uh, So we may get into that, may not. Uh, The goofy statements that were put out by the uh, legislators, all far-left progressives who represent that general area, uh, that was a statement to behold. But, of course, another uh, story that has gripped the country, ironically, uh, the details started to come out after the Derek Chauvin verdict was handed down. Uh, this is from, <clears throat> excuse me, National Public Radio, uh, NPR.org. A 16-year-old black girl was fatally shot by an officer outside her home after she called the police for help on Tuesday afternoon, according to her family. Uh, the girl has been identified as Makia Bryant by her aunt, Hazel Bryant. Uh, Bryant allegedly called officers at f- about 4.30 p.m. local time when a group of quote-unquote older kids threatened her with assault, her aunt told Ohio State House News Bureau reporter Andy Chow. She did not elaborate on the nature of the threat. The Columbus Police Department could not say on Tuesday whether Bryant was the one to call for assistance before she was shot. Bryant was taken to a local hospital in critical condition where she later died. Now, the one thing that has driven me to just absolute frustration bordering on just rage is how we never wait for any facts to come out before we leap to our conclusions, before we put forth our reckless speculation. And in this one, you just read those excerpts. What do people do? Oh, there it is. Another black person shot by a police officer. Boy, just when we think we're starting to make some progress in this country, with a white cop being convicted of second-degree murder for killing an unarmed black man, just when we think we're starting to get our justice, look at this. One step forward, two steps back. Or the Bruton, or like the Bruce Springsteen song, which we're not allowed to play on the airwaves. One step up and uh, two steps back. I, you know, that, and, and it's one thing if it's a bunch of Twitter bots or Twitter users who you know have a the who have a blank avatar and less than double digit followers, but I mean you had people the blue check marks. These are the verified Twitter accounts with with their speculation on, on what this is about. Nobody waits for any facts anymore. Seriously, serious question: Are people chided as being politically expedient or even cowardly? If they're asked for a comment on that situation, you know, say they're given just the bare bones uh, facts. A 16-year-old black girl was fatally shot by a Columbus, Ohio police officer outside her home. If that's all they're given, and 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 if someone says, well, you know, it sounds bad, but I'm I'm going to wait for more facts to come out. I, I, I can't believe that's all there is to the story. If there is, then that's outrageous. But... Uh, I'm going to wait for the facts to come out before I have a statement, before I have a reaction. Are you then labeled as gutless? Are you are you then chided as being politically expedient because you want to wait for basic facts to come out? And yeah, I'll admit, just that first sentence, 16-year-old black girl was fatally shot by an officer outside her home after she called the police for help on Tuesday afternoon. Based on that, yeah, it sounds awful. But normally... If things sound that outlandish and that awful, I think it's healthy to say, you know what, there has to be more to the story. Certainly something as high profile as this in the midst of a time in this country where anti-police sentiments are at an all-time high and tension between police and community are are at an all-time, I don't want to, I guess you shouldn't say it at an all-time high, but certainly very tense. When not it the responsible thing 
to to wait for basic facts for the media to attend the press conference that it's that's inevitably given by the mayor of Columbus, Ohio, and the police chief of Columbus, Ohio, where they're going to get to ask questions and have them answered. I mean, should, shouldn't we? Be, isn't that isn't that the primary fu- function of the media to ask questions, responsible questions, not leading questions, not one that you try to fit into your narrative? Those are these media people who practice narrative journalism. I mean, how how is how is it we we can't do that in this kind? I get it with social media being so pervasive, and anybody that has a smartphone has access to convey their opinion. And media outlets who are always, you know, it's it's a lucrative business to to you know break stories and be the first to something. But people always want to be first. And unfortunately, that isn't necessarily compatible with being correct. I mean, isn't that what journalism is supposed to be? The reporting of facts, not your speculation? Well, later in this NPR post, uh, it was there was some clarity provided as to why the officer shot Miss Bryant. It would have helped if this would have been in the first few paragraphs of the post, but it wasn't. Uh, Columbus police showed body cam footage a second time in slow motion during a press conference Tuesday evening. Uh, Interim Chief of Police Michael Woods said the video shows Bryant holding a knife as she pushes two girls. He said police believe she is attempting to stab both girls during the fight. Doesn't that change things quite a bit? If you have someone who is wielding a knife and about to inflict great bodily harm or potentially great bodily harm, maybe even death on another individual by plunging a knife into that individual, don't you think the police needed to react in that situation? I There was a, uh, you can check out my post at bradcarlson.org. I put together a post uh, this past Tuesday, um, or it would have been uh, this past Thursday, I should say, this past Thursday, April 22nd, I put together a post, and one of the things I posted on there was a video uh, from a neighbor's surveillance camera. It's about 19 seconds long. So from the time the police officer pulls up to the house where this incident is taking place, I mean literally puts the car in park, to the time he shot, the police officer shot Makia Bryant, 15 seconds. And if you watch the video... The police officer gets out of the car. You see Makia Bryant charging, you know, arguing with two girls. And there's one girl that she pushes down literally in front of the police officer, just pushes her down in front of the police officer. And then when all of a sudden Makia Bryant brandishes a knife, the police officer naturally reaches for a firearm because a knife is a deadly weapon, right? And the police officer doesn't know if maybe he's going to try to plunge it. She's going to try to plunge it into him. So naturally, he's going to pull out his firearm because that's a threat of deadly force, somebody brandishing a knife. And tells her, you know, tries to de-escalate, say, hold it, hold it, hold it. And then after the girl that was pushed down in front of the police officer is on the ground, then Makia Bryant runs toward the driveway to a girl wearing to a girl wearing pink. And the officer sees that Makia Bryant literally has her hand above her head with a knife in her hand, about to plunge it into this girl in the pink outfit. I don't know if that girl's ever been identified. doesn't matter. I'm not going to name her name here because I, from what I understand, she's a 13-year-old, which makes her a minor, if that's true. I Again, I don't know that, so I'll just call her the girl in the pink outfit because I, I don't know if her name's been made public. But Makia Bryant's about to stab this girl in the pink outfit, and that's when the police officer fires and uh, takes down... Uh, Makia Bryant, I think, fired four shots. Uh, she was in. She later died at the hospital uh, from her wounds. And people who are steeped in their anti-cop bias are not going to give this officer credit for a justifiable shooting. In their minds, they don't think any police officer shooting a citizen is justifiable that if you're so steeped in your anti-cop bias and you can watch this video and say 
well, you know, the cop should have got out a taser or why not shoot for the leg or whatever else. And I'm like, um, cause, and I'll give you an example of what, what I got. I uh, retweeted somebody on Twitter and I'll, I'll find the tweet. Uh, it was a role reaction to LeBron James. And oh yeah, I'll get into LeBron James's reaction because, um, uh, LeBron has been uh, quite the uh, social justice warrior, uh, with the NBA. And again, I've said on this show many a times, I'm all for uh, people being able to speak out, you know, say what they want to say, and, you know, make their voices heard. Because LeBron's got a, a sizable platform. But with that platform comes a tremendous amount of responsibility. Because what LeBron James did is post a picture of the officer who shot Makia Bryant and he puts on his Twitter feed, you're next, hashtag accountability, and shows a picture of the officer. Now, I know what LeBron James was trying to say, that after Derek Chauvin was found guilty of second-degree murder, a lot of people say, well, not only is this justice, this is accountability. And so LeBron is saying, well, the officer needs to be held accountable for this shooting. Yeah, okay, do a full investigation. Ultimately, the officers are going to be cleared. It's going to be, it's going to be deemed a justifiable shoot. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But this idea that you put that picture out there with police and community tensions being very high, how is that anything other than incitement? Okay? That, that's incitement, pure and simple. And someone got a hold of LeBron and said, LeBron, you need to take that down, man. That's, that's incitement. And someone replied to LeBron James saying, you know, LeBron is the most irresponsible and hypocritical athlete to regularly discuss news topics. The guy insisted Houston Rockets uh, general manager Daryl Morey must be poorly informed to express support for Hong Kong activists, but actively encourages uh, harassment of a police officer that saved a young girl's life. And I retweeted that tweet, and somebody came back at me and says, oh, my God, saved a young girl's life. He literally shot to death a other young girl. I'm like, did you see the body cam footage? And the reply, well, yeah, yeah, but, uh, you know, why did they use a taser? Why didn't they aim for the leg? And, you know, it's the classic, uh, it's a classic justification for an officer uh, not using deadly force. You know, the it's easy to make these Monday morning quarterback calls when you're ensconced, and I happen to know this person that replied to this tweet, when you're ensconced in your lily white suburb. Okay, it's easy to make those calls. But like I said, from the time the car was put into park till the officer shot Makia Bryant was 15 seconds. And when the Makia Bryant pushed another girl in front of the officer to when she charged the other girl with a knife was about three seconds. And Makia Bryant, by looks of it, is about eight to ten feet away. A taser is effective from as far away as ten feet. She looks to be about ten feet away at minimum. So if you want to stop lethal force, deadly force, potential deadly force, uh, I got news for you. Tasers, uh, a firearm, a gun, a bullet travels a lot faster than a taser and is definitely more effective, and that is the officer's job to stop lethal threats. We'll get into a little bit more of this and take phone calls as well, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back in mere moments. Go nowhere. Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal. And now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. 
That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. Need special boots for a new job but don't know where to start? Step into Red Wing Shoes, where their friendly footwear experts can help you find the right style and size. Red Wing takes the time to learn about your job and measure your feet to get the perfect fit. Red Wing specializes in no-pressure one-on-one service. Stop into their stores in Circle Pines, Columbia Heights, Coon Rapids, Bloomington, and St. Cloud. Can't make it into the store? Ask your workplace about their shoe trucks where they bring the store to you. Red Wing Shoes. Work is our work. How'd you like to eliminate your expensive cable bill forever or get new satellite internet where cable can't go? Well, now you can have affordable satellite internet service for a few dollars a day. All you need is a mini satellite installed and you can have unlimited internet connections wirelessly in your home or office. And no cable boxes means unlimited connections and no clutter. You can surf the internet or stream any of your favorite television services with no cable. And the best part is, satellite internet service costs only a few dollars a day for your entire home. Yes, fast internet to surf or stream television for a few bucks a day. Call now for free details and learn how to drop your expensive cable bill. 800-430-8761-800-430-8761-800-430-8761. That's 800-430-8761. In an era of fake news and misleading headlines, turn to a leader in accurate reporting, townhall.com. Get caught up with today's top stories, find brilliant commentary from our columnists, and have a laugh with our political cartoons at townhall.com. Welcome back, AM 12 the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And again, we have the Facebook Live playing at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. So go look us up there and feel free to leave a comment, question, say hi, whatever you like. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, Talking about the uh, Columbus... Ohio police officer shooting of 16-year-old Makia Bryant. Again, I've posted uh, some pretty damning video at bradcarlson.org. Again, my post from this past Thursday, uh, April 22nd, where uh, the officer, uh, as Makia Bryant was charging a young girl, uh, I've been told that the young girl was 13 years old, um, the officer fired upon Makia Bryant as she was about to plunge a knife into this uh, into this girl, and some people are saying, "Why did it, why why shoot to kill? Why not shoot in the leg, or why not try to de-escalate?" Well, when the officer arrived, he basically arrived to Makia Bryant pushing down one girl in front of the officer, almost tripping the officer, and then it was at that point he saw Makia Bryant bring out a knife and then charge a different girl. And from that point, there was like two or three seconds from the time he saw the knife to when she ran toward the girl in pink and held the gun on her saying, freeze, freeze, or hold it, or whatever he said, and she wouldn't stop and ended up firing upon her, effectively killing her. She died of her injuries at at the hospital. So cut number four here, we have, I want to be sure to get the gentleman's name right, the interim police chief of the uh, Columbus, Ohio Police Department. Michael Woods, uh, of course, was asked this very question, you know, why not shoot in the leg? Why do you have to shoot to kill? Uh, You could probably hear the media person in the background asking these questions, so we'll let it speak for itself. Uh, Cut number four, uh, Columbus, Ohio Interim Police Chief Michael Woods. Chief, one of the big questions that has been asked primarily on social media, and it may seem like a silly question that, like, shouldn't people already know, but this is a legitimate question that a lot of people are asking, is can an officer 
shoot the leg? Can they shoot somewhere that would not result in a fatal wound, right? So a lot of people have said, couldn't he have just shot her in the leg so she dropped? Couldn't he have shot her in the arm? Something like that. Right, you know, one of the, uh, the difficult things with that is um, when you're trying, we, we don't train to shoot the leg because that's a small target. We train to shoot center mass. What is available to stop that threat? There was a threat going on, a deadly force threat that was going on, so the officer is trained to shoot center mass, the, the largest part, part of a body that is available to them. When you try to start shooting legs or arms, uh, rounds miss, and then they continue on, and there are people behind that that could be in danger that are not committing anything. Uh, so we try and minimize any danger to anyone else if we have to use our firearm. So there you have it. And if you watch the video, again, um, uh, my wife I, my wife tells me she thinks the name is pronounced Micaiah Bryant. So if that's the case, I apologize. But uh, uh, when Micaiah Bryant was charging this girl in pink, there was it was the girl in pink was up against a car, the passenger side of the car. There was an individual on near the driver's side of the car. So to the chief's point, if the officer aims for the leg and doesn't hit the leg because her legs were moving pretty quickly because he was charging toward this girl with a knife, he could have missed the leg and it could have, I don't know, gone through the car and hit the person on the other side of the car. And then what kind of penalty is the officer facing? What kind of scrutiny is the officer facing? So I'm sorry, you may not like the answer, but that is their training to shoot center mass to ensure that you're only hitting the perpetrator, the one who is employing the deadly force. And obviously what we get is like, you know, why why shoot to kill this person? I mean, uh, you know, these two are these two are tussling. Why does uh, why does a uh, police need why do police need to get involved in the first place? And uh, I. I, I, I'm failing to understand that logic, and we'll get to that uh, probably uh, the the next segment. But I'm not understanding that logic, how police should not be involved or insert themselves in a situation where it's very obvious some deadly force is about to be employed. Because this person I went back and forth with on Twitter the other day said, well, I, you know, I, I mean, yeah, you know, you're saying he saved the life? Of a girl, he literally killed a girl. I'm like, okay, but if he doesn't shoot that 16-year-old Micaiah Bryant, guess what? Micaiah Bryant plunges a, li- a knife into that 13-year-old girl in pink. I said, I'm so it's either police officer shoot a knife-wielding black person or a black teenager gets killed by a knife-wielding black person. Not really sure that's the game-changing moral distinction you think it is. And the answer I got back was so absurd. Well, did you see the knife? Ah, I, I, I don't know if that I don't know if a knife of that caliber would have killed her. I, I mean, sorry, I just hit my forehead on the on the desk there, the old head desk there. If if that's your if that's your retort. I got nothing for you. You are so steeped in your anti-police bias that there's nothing that is going to convince you that that was justifiable. And this is the problem with this case. There are reforms that need to be made in police forces. No doubt about it. There's police reform that needs to be made. And there have been Republican proposals to do that. Tim Scott had a police reform bill in the U.S. Senate. Tim Scott, U.S. Senator out of South Carolina. But the Democrats employed that old uh, racist relic, uh, the filibuster, to filibuster the bill introduced by a black senator. What? These are th- That's the Democrats' rules. The filibuster is this old racist relic. That's their rules. So they employed this old racist relic against a black senator. Sorry, Democrats, your rules. Anyways, I digress. The point is that Republicans are engaged in the issue of police reform. They are. You can argue whether their ideas make sense or whether they'll be effective or substantive enough. All of that is fair. But to say that they're not interested in police reform is is bogus. And here's the thing. You can be for police reform and also say that this shooting is justified. This is the problem with this discourse in this country. If you are 
in the abolish the police or defund the police or all cops, there's a hashtag, despicable hashtag out there. Pardon my language. It's hashtag all cops are bastards. It's despicable. If you are in that group, you're not going to be able to intellectually see this for what it is, a justifiable shooting, because you're so hell-bent on protecting that worldview that we need to defund police or abolish police and have, I don't know, social workers gather and try to de-escalate. So, Anyways, we need to take a break. Uh, Victoria is on line one from Minnetonka. Victoria, if there is any way you can hold during the break, I promise I will get to your phone call immediately when we come back. And we're available for other phone calls as well. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. If you have an unpaid tax debt to the IRS that you can't pay, please hear this special notice. Specially approved IRS relief programs designed to aid delinquent taxpayers are now in effect that can significantly improve your financial situation. Depending on your circumstances, you may qualify to have your tax problem resolved in your favor and may even have your back taxes reduced by thousands or eliminated entirely. A relief hotline has been established by Community Tax for you to call and see if you qualify at 800-500-5588. If you owe the IRS back taxes that you can't afford to pay, don't let the IRS trick you into thinking you have no way out. Our highly accredited tax professionals will let you know what you qualify for and how much you can save. We may be able to stop all lien garnishments, levies, and save you thousands. Call and see if you qualify for this taxpayer relief at 800-500-5588. 800-500-5588. That's 800-500-5588. Community Tax. Who's your tax guy? Does your office need a little TLC? Do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly? Are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky? And isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago? If so, I've got the solution. Hi, I'm Tasha, owner of Forever Cleaning. We're family-owned and offer affordable, reliable office cleaning all over the Twin Cities metro area. So if your office is screaming for help, call me today. Let's get you scheduled for your free walkthrough so you can receive your free quote at 763-807-9817. If you mention this ad, you will receive 15% off your first month of service. Again, call 763-807-9817. Or you can visit my website at forevercleaning.com. That's the number four, evrcleaning.com. Remember, forever cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned. Okay, folks, it's time to turn screen time into dream time, vision boards into action plans, and some days into todays. Minnesota is home to more than 10,000 lakes. 130 waterfalls, 22 registered scenic byways, and two designated dark sky sanctuaries. It's a place where Prince reigns king and dining is divine. So whether you're looking for the northern lights or city lights, Monet or Chardonnay, find your true north only in Minnesota. ExploreMinnesota.com. Alexa, how do I fix a circuit breaker that keeps tripping? Yeah, that sounds like something to save for the professionals. You need to call Early Bird Electric. Their expertise is troubleshooting and rewires. They're offering a free service call with purchased repair. Get same-day service and a lifetime craftsmanship warranty. Early Bird Electric. Call. 612 The Bird. Early Bird Electric. 612 The Bird. Welcome back, AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. And here to take your calls, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. Hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And again, we're live streaming at uh, our Facebook page. Just do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network on Facebook and uh, come check out our video. Leave a comment or question there as well if you like. Is our caller still online, Jacob? Okay, great. Uh, we will take Victoria's call. Victoria is on line one. Victoria, I appreciate your patience. You are on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Hello, Brad. Yes, I had something I really wanted to say, and I am biracial, and I'm from Montana. I'm a person of color. Okay. I have four children, and I'm married. I'm just going to give you a quick backstory. And 
I was raised in Montana in the 70s, and we had to fight. We fought. We were violent. We had to protect ourselves, being the only people of color that went to the school. I did not raise my children that way. I raised them to be Christian mm-hmm. and to be respectful and to respect others and not lay a hand on anyone. My children do not fight. What I saw in that video, if that was one of my children, I would want that officer to take that person down. Mm. I completely agree. I mean, no one should be practicing violence like that. And the mother said, my girl is a good girl. No, my girls are good girls because they don't practice violence. They don't disrespect police officers. They told the line. I have good girls. It starts at home, how we raise our children. That's where it begins. Yeah, I appreciate that, Victoria. Now, are you you a little concerned how that aspect of it isn't being more talked about. I mean, I get it. This is a big story. It's a police shooting. It, it is a news story, whether we like it or not. But are you concerned or that that aspect of it isn't being talked about more, the, the, the family background? Do you feel that that's sort of a taboo to bring Absolutely. that up? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because what happens is, as parents, then we're not owning our duties. We're mm. giving it away to someone else. And then what's the end result? The police, the police officers get blamed for doing their job. Now, I've had about 20 run-ins with officers, cops, throughout the years because I take care of people with disabilities and have issues. Okay. Now, out of the 20, I'd say there's been three very bad officers. Okay. You know, disrespectful. Maybe they were a little racist or scared or whatever. Sure. But all in all, I've had very good run-ins with them and dealings with them. And I'm sure there's some bad ones out there. I actually know the chief of police here. I know his mother very well, and she raised a fine young man. But um, it starts at home, and I will maintain that. And I've taught my girls the same thing, my children. I have a black son I'm worried about. He's 35. He's a wonderful human being. I worry about him, Mm -hmm. but I've trained him. I've trained him to do as you're told and be respectful. And so I I, I actually wrote a book about this. It will be out this year. But it starts at home, family values, respecting authorities, you know, I, I always try to put myself in the officer's position. Sure. How would they feel walking up to a dark car or taking someone down or having to kill them? That's devastating for them. Now, with the George Floyd incident, I'm not going to comment on that because I think the officer was a little mental. Yes. Probably mentally ill. Can't, but can't most disagree. Officers, yeah. Yes, they are there to they are there to serve and protect. Right. Well, Victoria, we appreciate. Yeah, we appreciate your comments. Now, uh, did I hear you correctly? You're in the process of uh, writing a book. Well, it's being published. Yeah, it's done. We're just getting there. You know, with COVID, it was, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I'll actually send one to your radio station. Yeah, I talk about my um, military father that raised his children to be respectful of everybody. And, you know, from Montana. Yeah, I could be very angry and I could yield (laughs) yield a gun, too. But that's not what I want to do. I want to make a place better. My little place in the world, I want it to be more positive. Well, yeah, Victoria, we appreciate your candid comments. And, yeah, if you'd like to send a book along, please do. And if you'd love to come on uh, the show to to promote your book, we'd love to have you on again. So please do. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I definitely will. It'll be a couple of months, but I definitely will, Brad. We thank will. you so much for uh, listening to my comments. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate okay. the uh, your very candid comments, Victoria. Yes, thank you very much. And, uh, yeah, we will definitely have her on uh, to promote her book uh, once it uh, it's in the process of being published. So that's good news. Glad that that finally uh, got off the ground and moving forward. We appreciate that. Uh, so this is what I wanted to get further into is how if you're so steeped in the anti-police rhetoric and anti-police violence, you're not going to see this as, as, as anything but just a, just a cop gunning down another black person. And it, it's horrible that this Micaiah Bryant, 16 years old, from what I understand, she was in foster care um, and you know had a troubled history and obviously still had some issues underlying that. So... That's something that I, I, you know, I don't know if that was part of her issues where, you know, she had been in a home where her her mother couldn't control her and uh, sent her to foster care. Don't know the circumstances by which she got into foster care, but I'm grateful for people who are willing to show that kind of compassion and take in troubled youth. And who's to say that she couldn't have, Micaiah Bryant could have maybe, you know, grown up in a more stable environment, you know, found a foster home that was more stable than her family home. And as a result, uh, 
you know, became a productive member of society and became a respectable adult and could have used her story and say, hey, look, I had issues when I was a kid and I overcame and here's how you can too. But sadly, she's not going to be able to have that opportunity. So my point is it's heartbreaking. I don't I don't like having to defend a 16-year-old getting shot dead. It's horrible. But at the end of the day, what what was the alternative? What if that 13-year-old girl had been stabbed to death by Micaiah Bryant? What would would the would the family of that 13-year-old girl been placated if the police force said, "Well, you know what? We looked at the knife and boy, it didn't we didn't think it'd kill her." I mean, come on. I, if if that's the excuse you're putting forth, wow! Did you see the knife? I uh, boy, I don't know if that would have killed her or not. If if that's if that's your justification for saying that the police officer should not have shot, I got nothing for you. We're we're just going to have to walk away uh, disagreeing on this uh, on this whole issue. But I wanted to get back to the LeBron James tweet. LeBron James again. He uh, put a picture of the officer. And said, you're next, hashtag accountability. And again, like I like I mentioned last segment, I knew what he was talking about, that he's going to be held accountable like Derek Chauvin is being held accountable. He's going to be put in jail for the rest of his natural life. No, this police officer in Columbus, Ohio, will not. Ultimately, they will do the investigation, find it was justified, and, and move on with life. Again, it doesn't do Micaiah Bryant's parents any good because they're without their child. I get that. But that's what had to happen. That's how police are trained. And again, you may as well, you may say, well, then we maybe need some different training. Well, fine. You know, bring bring that subject up. Broach that subject again. Republicans are engaged in police reform, so you know, bring that forth. Well, LeBron ended up deleting that tweet because someone, again, I'm sure someone got a hold of him and said, "Yeah, LeBron, come on, man." That's that's incitement. It's going to be seen as incitement. You got to get take that down. And instead of taking responsibility, instead of doing the noble thing, saying, you know what, cooler heads prevail. I'm kind of on edge after the Chauvin trial and kind of reliving the sight of George Floyd being under the officer's knee. I, I need to be better than that. My emotions got the best of me. I apologize. LeBron didn't do that. Instead, he came back with, I'm so damn tired of seeing black people killed by police. I took the tweet down because it's being used to create more hate. Yeah, so it's not your fault, LeBron. Okay. This isn't about one officer. It's about the entire system, and they always use our words to create more racism. I am desperate for more accountability. Well, again, how can you watch footage of that shooting and deem it anything less than being justified? I don't know how you do it. Unless, let me say for the hundredth time, you're so immersed in anti-police bias. If that's your case, then there's there's nothing to discuss. And again, I replied, I actually replied to LeBron's tweet, not that he saw it, but I replied to the tweet saying, you know, was it your preference to see a black person killed by a knife-wielding black person? Because, again, I'm not really certain that's the game-changing moral distinction you think it is. Uh, however, here's an inconvenient truth for you. Had it been... The black, the the young black girl in pink got stabbed to death by Micaiah Bryant, and then they they wrestled Micaiah Bryant to the ground and took her under arrest for stabbing this girl. Would this have even been a news story? Serious question. I don't. My opinion, probably not, because there was just there was a young girl who was. Uh, recently killed in fact i think the caller is that what the caller brought up caller is wondering uh, if i know about the stabbing in cincinnati ohio a day or two before the columbus incident i i think i i think i meant to get to it maybe a different incident here but yeah let me uh open this uh link this is from uh, townhall.com uh there was a 13 year old girl that was uh let me see if i can find this yeah yeah this is the one Cincinnati police say a uh, 13-year-old girl has been charged with murder and the stabbing death of another 13-year-old girl. How much play is that getting in the media? I only heard it through townhall.com, a conservative outlet. So, quad erad demonstratum. Had Micaiah Bryant been allowed to stab that 
girl in pink, and the girl in pink passed away, and they just arrested Micaiah Bryant and ended up charging her with murder, you wouldn't have heard about it. But because it was a white police officer shooting a black young lady, that's the only storyline you're going to hear about. And I got to say, kudos to Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo, CNN. Uh, We'll go with cut number five real quick. It's only a couple minutes long, and then we'll uh, go to a break. You know, I've I've been heavily critical of Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo because, well, they're far-left progressives and they're wrong about a lot of things, but uh, they actually took the time to discuss this incident. I I don't watch CNN much, if at all, but I think Chris Cuomo's show goes into Don Lemon's show or vice versa, but they always have a lot of, a, a lot of back chat when one show, one show ends and the other begins, and they kind of talk about the news of the day. Uh, Don Lemon, uh, in case you don't know, black man, CNN, uh, talking with Chris Cuomo about this particular incident. This is probably one of the most responsible uh, dignified discussions on this issue I've heard. And what's sad is this shouldn't even be newsworthy. This should be the norm. This should be the rule rather than than the exception. So Don Lemon, Chris Cuomo talking about the Columbus, Ohio shooting. Cut number five, go. You know, we were... You, know, you were really actually you were to be honest, let's let the audience into something. Uh, so Don and I heard about this story last night on social media while we were doing coverage for you of the Chauvin verdict last night. And the initial reports didn't seem right. And it was so interesting for me, as emotional and personal as these stories are to someone of color, especially Don, you with your background, you were cautious about it. You were saying, huh. Hmm. I want to see this one. I want to see this Um, because there was a lot of emotion and understandably so. you got a 16 year old kid that's gone. Yeah. And it's a hard one. I do not know how to explain this to people in a way that doesn't make somebody very angry. Well, yes. And we're dealing with a lot of emotion right now. And I'm going to talk about that in a moment. And I think that is um, um, it's real. And you have to take that. That part has to be taken into account. There's a lot of anguish. Uh, People are very emotional right now. But we've got to be fair about what happens when police arrive at scenes. It is tragic that it's a 16-year-old girl, just as it is tragic that it's a 13-year-old in Chicago. Um, when police are chasing people, they don't know how old they are. Mm-hmm. And they don't run and say, hey, how old are you? Oh, I'm 13. You know, my mom let me, th- you don't know that. Or I'm 16. When they roll up on a scene, they see people tussling around. Someone has a knife. And their job is to protect and serve every life on that scene. And if they see someone who is in the process of taking a life, what is that decision? What decision do they have to make? And I know that people say, well, you know, you could do this, you could do that. Tasers don't work the way guns work. Yep. Not, Tas- at, that, not at that distance. Not at that distance. And, and tas- not with that amount of time. That, yeah, right. Tasers, then they don't always connect. Okay. There you have it. Uh, wow. Uh, kudos to Don Lemon and, and Chris Cuomo. Again, this this should be the, the 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 rule rather than the exception. This kind of honest conversation. And guess what? They waited for facts first, and they commented on what they knew. They didn't make outlandish accusations or reckless speculation. Okay, and and that and that's the way it should be. But unfortunately, we didn't get much of that. In response to this. So we'll wrap up the broadcast and we come back one final segment. We have a, we have a time for, I guess, another call or two if you'd like to call in. So feel free. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. Again, you can weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Or stop by the Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. Comment on our Facebook Live if you so desire. And we'll be back to wrap up the program in mere moments. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Cool voiceover. Zany sound effect. Uh, We were going to write a flashy promo about streaming us at radio.com, but considering how easy it is to do, we'll keep it simple, too. Listen to The Patriot on the free radio.com app. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. Adapting to the changes hasn't been easy, but never more important to succeed. Many of the digital resources available have helped overcome obstacles your business is facing. But are you using the full potential of every one of them? That's where Salem Surround can help. 
Your business needs to use digital tools more than ever to stay in touch with customers, making buying decisions right now and for the future. Will they consider or even know about you? The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We'll design a plan that targets and surrounds customers with proven marketing strategies. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may vary very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. Did you know that the Patriot mobile app can do more than just stream your favorite shows? Here's cool feature number one. You can set an alarm on our app that will automatically start streaming The Patriot at whatever time you decide. It's easy. Just open the menu in the upper left-hand corner, select Alarm, and choose a time. You can set it to wake you up in the morning with Hugh Hewitt or any of your favorite hosts. Download the free AM 1280 The Patriot app today. AM 1280 The Patriot and iHeartRadio. They go together like freedom and the Second Amendment. Listen at iHeart.com or with the free iHeartRadio mobile app. Welcome back, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network, with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. Hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. i uh, got to wrap up the show so we uh, have time for some phone calls. I have a couple of phone calls uh, want to weigh in. Uh, let's go line one first. Bob in Shoreview. Bob, we have about a minute or so. You are on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Oh, thanks, Brad. I just wanted to compare President Trump's indiscreet statements, you know, uh, that, uh, that it was construed as incitement to riot. You know, maybe his words were a little bit indiscreet. But I just wanted to point out the fact that there's people on the left that make indiscreet statements that are construed as incitement to violence, as well as some people on the right. Uh, what do you think about that comparison? Yeah, I, that, I, that's a good. Uh, I appreciate that, Bob. Yeah, you know, um, the president, uh, I mean, January 6th is cited constantly whenever you say, well, Maxine Waters, that was despicable. But you said, oh, yeah, well, what about January 6th? Or President Biden shouldn't be weighing in on an active case, a murder case. Yeah, what about January 6th? It's like, look, no one is justifying January 6th. You know, uh, we appreciate the call, Bob. But, yeah, I, I don't, I, I, that seems to be kind of the progressives uh, go-to thing whenever you bring up uh, something outlandish a progressive says you know what about january 6th you know again no one's justifying that but trump is gone people are being held accountable for that arrested because they were dumb enough to broadcast on social media <laughs> okay that that's in process so when are you going to start holding your democrat uh politicos uh uh accountable shouldn't maxine waters at at, at worst be censured but that's not how the Democrat majority in the House uh, is going to operate, apparently. Dan is on line two. Dan from Invergrove Heights. Go ahead, Dan. You're on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Hey, Brad. Thanks for having your, your show and being here. Um, so my, my, my question to you is, what do you, what do you think of the possibility of, uh, let's say, in the uh, uh, Dante Wright uh, arrest or even the George Floyd arrest, had, they, had the police been able to uh, routinely... Uh, used three police officers 
um, one trying to do the cuffing. I know Floyd was already cuffed, but one doing the cuffing, two on either side of the uh, person being apprehended, and the two, pe- the two police officers on either side of the person being apprehended could put a hood over the head of the person, even if the hood contained some kind of uh, anesthetic to make the person more compliant. Oh, to get them gosh. into the car and to, to you know, to make just to lessen the likelihood of these, uh, you know, shootings. I mean, what is that not a, a good idea? Thanks for the call, Dan. I, I not that's well above my pay, pay grade. Uh, commenting on what law enforcement techniques are are, are valid. The anesthesia, I boy, I, I got to believe that'd be a non-starter. That's not something you want to do with a suspect. You never know what kind of reaction they would have to something like that. So. Uh, I'd have to say that'd be a non-starter, and uh, I don't know if you caught the show last week when we had Peter Johnson on. He said that the arresting officer, the officer putting the handcuffs on Dante Wright, said his biggest mistake was you're supposed to move a suspect to the back of the car, toward the back end of the car, and place them under arrest. But as if you saw the footage, they were placing cuffs on him right near the passenger, or the excuse me, the driver's side door with the driver's side door open which allowed him that opportunity to hop right back into the car seat because he was right there while they were trying to transition from him putting his hands behind his back to putting the cuffs on him and one of the other officers grabbing him by the right arm. So there is a procedure for that in place to take him under arrest, Dante Wright, in this incident. It's just they flubbed the procedure. It was supposed to be more toward the back end of the vehicle, if not behind the vehicle totally. So what you saw happen wouldn't have happened. And as far as George Floyd, yeah, he was very resistant to arrest. They got him in handcuffs. They were putting him in the back of the squad car, and you saw how delirious he was by being in the confined space. And so they brought him outside and put him on his stomach in a prone position. And that's where it should have stopped because, as was testified in the Chauvin case by police officers, veteran police officers, when you have your hands cuffed behind your back and are on a prone position on your stomach, there's no need to apply any extra force at that point. He's not going anywhere. So uh, it's just there are techniques in place that if they're executed properly, they'll work. It's just we saw in these particular cases that they didn't seem to work very well. Again, this is all crowdsourcing what I hear from people who will know a heck of a lot more about this than me. So uh, take their word for it, not mine. So, folks, as always, I've enjoyed it. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Godspeed, my friends. Have yourselves a blessed week. To the world Closing time Turn all of the light From executive producer and MyPillow founder Mike Lindell comes the hilarious new faith-based comedy Church People with a special guest appearance from Mike himself Church People is a hilarious, heartwarming reminder that the gospel is enough. It all starts when America's youth pastor, Guy Sides, realizes he's stuck in the megachurch marketing machine and wants to find his passion again. But when Guy attempts to get back to the heart of ministry, he is thrust into the throes of dissuading his misguided church leadership from performing a strange and potentially blasphemous stunt for the upcoming Easter service while navigating his own personal problems. Church people will leave you laughing out loud while ultimately reminding you of the true meaning of the gospel. Watch Church People at SalemNow.com. That's SalemNow.com. Enter the promo code Minneapolis for additional savings. Here's Terry Bradshaw for Publishers Clearinghouse. Hey, if you want to win seven grand a week, you better step on it. There are just two days left to enter to win $7,000 a week for life from Publishers Clearinghouse on April 30th. Yep, you got to enter pch.com before it's too late. Real people really do win, just like you. You don't want to miss out, do you? But you got to be in it to win it. Seven grand a week for life. Enter now at pch.com. Entries due 427. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Looking for a place for your business to call home? Work where it's easier to work. Centerpoint of Mendota Heights is conveniently located near major roadways, has a park-like setting near the Mississippi River, close to walking and biking trails, with great lunch spots nearby as well as food trucks. 
This eight-building, single-story business campus features free parking, customizable office space with no shared common areas, enhanced air purification systems, separate utility meters, and private restrooms. Center Point of Mendota Heights is the ultimate in business convenience. You and your employees have an easy commute to this centralized location near Minneapolis and St. Paul with accessibility to MSP Airport. No elevators and free parking right outside. It's an ideal place for businesses looking for a value-forward move and an easier way to work. Center Point of Mendota Heights is locally owned and managed. Their mission is to support local business owners like you. Learn more by visiting escapetomendota.com. Again, that's escapetomendota.com. Work where it's easier to work. Get that Rack Shack attack, Rack Shack barbecue. Celebrating two decades.